You're listening to Fitness Beyond Aesthetics. I'm your host, Estelle, and I'm super happy that you're tuning in today. I'm a certified personal trainer and life coach whose life within the health and fitness world has been pretty all over the place. So no matter where you are within your fitness journey, I can probably relate to it on some level. I know that fitness is for you and that you have a valued place in this world. I've had my fair share of ups and downs, insecurities, and honestly feeling like an outcast from exercise and fitness. Little did I know that I'd actually become a leader within this space and help women from all walks of life gain confidence, find freedom and understanding, and feel at home within the fitness world. In this podcast, my goal is to help you fall in love with exercise, become amazed by yourself, create healthy lifestyle changes, and break down that confusing gym and lifting stuff so that you can feel welcome and at home within the fitness world. Everyone is welcome here. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Today we are talking with Bella. She is a women's hormone nutritionist. She received her master's degree in nutrition for wellness from Bastyr University and her online course, Restore Your Hormones, helps women all around the world balance their hormones without restrictive dieting and take back control of their health reproductivity and vitality like who doesn't want that (laughs) so today we're gonna be talking with her all about how you can take back control of your product reproductivity possibly productivity too um using fertility awareness methods so this was something i gradually started learning about over the past couple years and recently bella has created some phenomenal instagram posts about it and a super extensive blog post about it that i recommend everyone go through and read i'm actually going to link the blog post in the show notes along with her instagram but without further ado welcome to the show bella can you please share a little bit about yourself like where you're from what you do you can share a little personal info along with business info if you want perfect i love it thank you so much for having me i'm so excited to be here um like estelle said i'm bella i'm a women's hormone nutritionist and like she said i help women all around the world uh, help women restore their hormones through just non-restrictive dieting and all taking out all the BS in the world and just really simplifying it, focusing on simple lifestyle changes and Mm -hmm. nourishment. Uh, I specifically focus more on thyroid health, uh, lowering stress hormones, estrogen dominance, and progesterone, just again, through simple lifestyle changes. I am from San Diego and I currently live here now. Uh, lots of fun things happening in my personal life. I'm currently engaged and in the process of planning my wedding, which has been so fun, but also so much work. But I'm very, very excited about that. Uh, when I'm not wedding planning or working, I'm usually hanging out with my cats or my fiance. We love to go snowboarding. We love gardening. I like to visit my sister in Colombia. There's just so much in my life. And honestly, the best day ever, I would say, is just sitting outside and basking in the sun. That would be mm-hmm. my ideal day. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Okay, I have a couple questions. Are yeah. you part Colombian? Yes, my mom is Colombian. She moved to America when she was 12. And then when my sister was getting her master's degree, she went to go visit and she fell in love with the man, fell in love with the country. Mm-hmm. And now she's lived there ever since. Okay, second question. <laughs> Where do you go snowboarding? Because you live in San Diego. Um, 
<laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, we actually just moved back from, from, we lived in San Diego for a long time, my whole life. And then we moved to Utah because we love snowboarding. And that's okay. the whole reason we moved there. So okay. we would go there a lot when we lived there. But since moving back, we just go to Big Bear. We're actually going to Mammoth next weekend, which should be fun. But Big Bear is like an hour and a half. So okay. it's not, that's not that bad. bad. But okay. it's not Utah snow. It's totally right. different. Right. Okay. That makes more sense. I was like, wait, for some reason, I didn't think she lived in San Diego. And yes. is she part Colombian? Because yes. I'm looking at you right now and I'm like, I could see it. Yeah. <laughs> That's <love> cool. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into the topic for today. We're talking all about fertility awareness method. Can you just give us a rundown on what that is? Yes, absolutely. So fertility awareness method, it's basically a natural form of birth control that uses three primary uh, fertility signs that you can track daily. And those three are the basal body temperature, cervical fluid, and cervical position. And these help you to track and confirm ovulation so that you can either avoid getting pregnant or improve your chances of getting pregnant. So once you learn it, it's actually a super easy and intuitive way, intuitive form of birth control. Yeah, that's awesome. I love this. And as women, like you probably like you didn't always know about fertility awareness method like me. And we're not taught like any of this, like nope. any of it, like this would have been super helpful to know that a woman can only get pregnant like six days out of the month. Right. Exactly. Like this right? is what they should teach you in sixth grade sex ed. They mm -hmm. didn't do any of this. They like tell you how to put a condom on a banana, which is nice, but I don't know. Not very, helpful. <laughs> not very useful. <laughs> no. So it's like, it's stuff like that. That really scares us into like taking mm -hmm. things like the pill or some kind of IUD, like hormonal forms of birth control or even non-hormonal, like the copper IUD. Mm -hmm. um, and while everyone is free to make the decision, like what they want to do with their body, what the best choice for themselves is in that moment, I just want people to be aware that, hey, this is an option. You can do this because I didn't even know this was an option like two and a half years ago. Nope. I mean, I didn't know. I learned it about five years ago, but before mm -hmm. then, like in college and high school, they just like fear monger you yeah. and to be like, you can get pregnant anytime throughout the whole month. Like don't have sex because you're going to get pregnant. And it's yeah. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then you w grow up like literally terrified to do anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or you're going to have, you're going to get pregnant and then it's going to yeah. be like this stressed birth and da, 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 da. Yes. Anyways. So there are other options and you can use this for either, like Bella said, preventing pregnancy or increasing your chances of getting pregnant. Now, one thing that I know a lot of people can confuse this with are the rhythm method and calendar method. And I didn't even know that the rhythm and calendar method were different things, but can you tell us how FAM, so fertility awareness method, differs from the rhythm and calendar method. Yes, absolutely. So like you said, they're often like interchangeable, but they're definitely not. Or when doctors try to say that fertility awareness method isn't super accurate or effective, they're actually talking usually about the rhythm method, which is a super old school way of basically just tracking your fertility just based off the days. So mm -hmm. again, a typical woman's menstrual cycle is 28 days and you typically ovulate around day 14. So they're just going to say, okay, day 14 is when you ovulate, da, da, da. But that doesn't take into account that you are a human being. You are not a robot or 
an algorithm or something like that. So your stress levels and your cycle are going to vary day by day. And that's why the fertility awareness method is so much better in my opinion, because it actually identifies and confirms ovulation by using your fertility signs through like daily self-awareness and self-analysis by the three things that we'll talk about soon. And so it's actually when done correctly and consistently, it's 99% effective. Whereas I know that the rhythm method is definitely not that effective again, because it's just going based off days. It's not going based off you as a human being. Right. Right. Because like you said, like average 28 days, but I know for myself, um, my period is definitely more regular. Um, but before yes. it was not super, it, it wasn't like a hundred days or anything, but it was yeah. like, oh, maybe 28, maybe 32, you know, maybe mm-hmm. 35, like somewhere in there. And like, that would have like, y- that's why you have to have these signs. Like Bella said, like basal body temperature, cervical mucus, cervical position. Like when you are able to track all of these, it's very clear, like where you are within your, um, within your cycle, which phase you are in, um, and whether you are fertile or not. So what would you say are some of the benefits of using fertility awareness method as opposed to another form of birth control? So I guess this is really like, let's talk about what's bad. <laughs> I know, right? I'm getting about I'm gonna, other things. <laughs> yes. I'm going to talk about what's bad at the very end, but I wanted to focus on the positive first. Okay. And again, like I just said, fertility awareness is 99% effective. Like that is way more effective than some very common birth control methods. Um, It really helps you understand your body and how it works and when your next period is going to come. For example, I typically have like a 27 to 20, like nine day cycle, but my last cycle, I was a little bit stressed and things were happening, lots of wedding planning. And so I noticed that I didn't ovulate until day 16. And so when my period was on day 30, I wasn't freaking out like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. Like I knew that my period was, or my cycle was going to be about 30 days long because I had a delayed Mm. ovulation. So it really like gives you that ease of when your period's going to come. You're not going to be like, oh my God, I'm two days late. Like, am I pregnant? And if you track your ovulation, you'll know that that could possibly be happening, but probably not. Okay. So yeah, I thought of a question just now, not super off topic. So you're saying like, you know, typically people ovulate on day 14, but you noticed you ovulated on day 16, Mm -hmm. but that also means that your luteal phase stayed the same length. So are luteal phases typically more predictable than follicular phases? Yes, absolutely. So typically luteal phases are 14 days. I know they can vary, especially if you struggle with low progesterone, it can be shorter, like 11 or 12 days. But as soon as you ovulate, you can pretty confidently predict that your period will come within the next 14 days. Whereas the Mm -hmm. follicular phase, there's more change and room for adaptation. And like, if you're under a lot of stress, your body's going to preserve energy and not going to ovulate so regularly. So the follicular phase is more variable. Whereas as soon as you ovulate, it's pretty predictable when your next period will come. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. And I know for Mm -hmm. sure, like in the past, 
um, my ovulation was like always super late because my body was stressed out. Mm -hmm. And when I started tracking it, I was like, oh my gosh, like day 18, like when is my ovulation even going to come? So if you have more stress in your life, like that would make sense. And so, yeah, I love that you brought out like a lot of the positives of using this method because it can like increase a connection to your body and help you feel empowered as opposed to scared of what's wrong with other methods. Absolutely. I can name off some more positives. Okay, um, let's do you it. You can identify if something's off in your cycle. Uh, if you have certain abnormalities or if you're struggling with PCOS, it can kind of help you identify what's going on. Um, again, you can determine when your next menstrual cycle or your next period will come and feel more at ease when that comes. Uh, It actually, it can increase communication between you and your partner or partners. Um, For example, my fiance typically knows around where I'm at, or he'll ask me and like, "Is, is this okay now? Is this not okay now? And so increased communication is a huge one, a huge benefit that I've noticed. And then it's completely non-invasive. You don't have to open your cervix and stick an IUD up there or those like shots that go into your arm, totally non-invasive, no prescription required, unlike synthetic birth control. And this is the last benefit is that there are no negative side effects, unlike hormonal birth control. I think one of the biggest reasons why people should learn fertility awareness is because there's literally no side effects at all. And so many doctors just prescribe birth control like it's candy. They're like, oh, you have a hormonal imbalance. Here's some birth control. Oh, your cycles are really long. Here's some birth control. Oh, you have PCOS. Like here's some birth control. And they just assume that it's just totally fine and normal and that there's no negative side effects or that the side effects are super rare when they're actually not. So here are some of the more common side effects of using hormonal birth control. Have you checked out my membership yet? It's called Strong with a Cell. Strong with Estelle is a year-long fitness membership that can also be done month to month. It's different from any other membership out there because I'm not just handing you workouts. I'm also educating you. Education is the foundation of all my programs, so naturally, it has to be the foundation of my membership. Education is what enabled me to get to where I am today fitness-wise. If I hadn't educated myself, I would still be stuck doing HIIT workouts, blindly supplementing, starving myself, relying on workouts I saved from trainers on Instagram, and wondering why in the world I wasn't getting stronger or how in the world I could maintain this pace for my whole life. All your workouts are mapped out for a full year. You have access to a growing series of 30 plus educational video lessons on topics from how to get stronger, determining your perfect form, recovery, nutrition, training on vacation, getting on track and staying on track, rep ranges, energy systems, and more. You'll get all of that and be a part of a community of women you can relate to and who can relate back to you. You do not need to be alone in this process because what you want is normal and totally attainable. And you'll feel that and know that when you have community support from these women and of course myself too. Check out the link in the show notes to learn more and enroll.
nutrition, um, nutrient depletion is a big one. There's like over, I think eight different nutrients that are super depleted when we're on birth control. You can have super long cycles or completely non-existent periods. In fact, when you get your period on your birth control, it's actually not a real period because you never ovulate. It's just a withdrawal bleed because you're basically withdrawing from the medication. Um, headaches, nausea, depression is such a big one. I've talked to so many women who have struggled with depression. Even this one girl had crazy suicidal thoughts and she was like, what is wrong with me? She couldn't figure it out. And then she finally put two and two together that Mm. her suicidal thoughts started coming when she got on the birth control pill and her doctor never said anything about it. Mm. Um, increased gut issues. I've talked to other women who their gut issues started happening once they started birth control and even more serious things like stroke or blood clots. I don't know if you uh, heard this in the news recently, but Haley Bieber recently had a mini stroke and she found out that it was actually related to her birth control. Wow! So again, we think that it's like an innocent pill when in reality Mm -hmm. there are some very dangerous side effects. Yeah. That's super serious. I remember when I started looking at the pill and I was like, well, like, what is this thing? Like, what am I doing to my body? Like I've never been one to like take pain medication like if I have a headache I'm just like no like what is going on like it just bugged me that I would have to take something so when I started looking at the pill I like saw the side effects and I thought what in the world like is this normal and people just take this all the time and I felt like I had no choice I literally felt like I had no choice like you just have to take this or else you're gonna get pregnant like it's it's this horrible it's not that you're told that directly But Mm -hmm. in so many words, you are told that and that's really scary. And women need to be empowered to like learn about themselves and make their own choices. Um, And I just want to share a little bit about my experience with this. So I took the pill for a little under a year. And uh, at first I was fine. It was weird. I was like, is this like a placebo pill? Like I feel exactly the same, like no issues at all. Mm-hmm. And I started noticing like these little veins popping up on the side of my leg, like nothing <gasps> huge, like the spider veins. Yeah. Like not, the not, veins. not like the bulging ones, like coming out, yeah. but like little red lines. And I was like, that's weird. Like I've seen them into my family. So I knew I'd probably get them at some point. It tends to be genetic. Like you have like a predisposition yeah. towards that, I should yeah. say. So I thought, okay, I'm, I might get these like later on in my life. But at the time, how old was I? I don't know. I was like not even close to 30. And um, I was like, this is too early. Like what's going on here? And I was trying to figure out what it could be. I was super stressed out. And um, I went to the doctor. So I want to preface this by saying like there are awesome doctors out there. Awesome, awesome, awesome doctors. And I'm about to talk about one. But this one is not one of them. (laughs) (laughs) She would, I'm not kidding you, laughed to my face. When I suggested that it could be from the pill, that this happening and I was, and I wanted to like stop taking the pill because I thought uh, just to see what would happen, but I was afraid to, because then I get pregnant, you know? So I had, I was looking for a solution. I wanted someone to help and understand me so, so bad. And like, I just wasn't getting that. Um, anyways, long story short with that little portion, I went off the pill and the veins totally faded. Like within a couple wow. weeks, they told, like they were gradually getting worse and worse and worse and worse. I went off the pill, they faded. So 
do I have like some scientific proof, like lab work or whatever? No, but like that was you literally never the only thing. deny your personal experiences ever. Right, right. So I had that happen. But I also want to share this more recent experience of mine. I was talking to um, my OBGYN about fertility awareness method. And I was like, went in there, like prepared to like fight. Like I was like making like arguments in my head, like Estelle, uh-huh. like calm down. Like, <laughs> Let's just like cross that bridge when we come to it. But I think we've all done that. Anyways, she was like so supportive. Oh, like, that's awesome. Support, she was, like, this is awesome. Um, I love this. Like she had all kinds of great things to say about it. So I guess I'm just sharing that so that people aren't always so afraid to talk to their doctor about it. Yeah. Like there are some awesome doctors out out there, just like people there's awesome people and there's not awesome people. So (laughs) I totally agree. I also, it's interesting about the varicose veins because I've been, I was researching that like a month ago and it's very, it can be very related to estrogen dominance Mm -hmm. and hormonal birth control has synthetic estrogen in it. So it can increase your estrogen dominance or excess estrogen in your tissues. So that's just really interesting correlation that that's probably why that was happening because you were getting so much exhaustion estrogen that you weren't before. Right. And also at that point in my life, I, I thought I was taking care of my body, but I was doing so many things wrong. I did not have a very healthy lifestyle, even though I thought it was. Um, so it's probably just like the straw that broke the camel's back. Like it couldn't have like pinned it solely on the pill. Like maybe if I was super healthy or something, anyways, you get what I'm saying. We don't need to dwell on it forever, but yeah, that's my little bit. And so don't be afraid to talk to your doctor about it. Be prepared, but like know that there are some really good supportive doctors out there. Um, Okay. So let's get into talking about how the fertility awareness method works. Like you've mentioned the three markers. Um, But before, before we talk about that, can anyone do this? Like, is there anyone that it's like, there's like a contraindication for it something like that um there are like I feel like most people can most biological women can absolutely do this it gets a little iffy around postpartum because you Mm. don't really know when your next period is coming um it's also harder it's much harder if you have um some some kind of like medical issues like especially PCOS it's possible but again it's just a little more difficult compared to if you have a pretty regular cycle. So I would say for those who don't have a pretty regular cycle, uh, it's definitely more difficult, but still absolutely possible. Okay. That's good to know. All right. Let's dive into the different aspects of it. Bella mentioned earlier, basal body temperature, cervical mucus, and cervical position. So starting off with the basal body temperature, let's just like let people know what that is so it's not just body temperature what is basil is it like that an herb like do you like, <laughs> like i like you basil know, i've never even like thought or is it basil it. oh my goodness am i saying it no wrong? i think it's basil okay. i mean maybe it is basil like art basil <laughs> <laughs> but basically your basal body temperature is your lowest temperature throughout the whole day so it's supposed to be taken when you're fully at rest and so it actually changes and shifts throughout your menstrual cycle depending on pre and post ovulation so before ovulation from day one to around day 14 but again everyone can ovulate on different days your basal body temperature is relatively low. Um, 
the number exactly changes for everyone, but so it's relatively low. Then once you ovulate, because ovulation is when you start producing progesterone, progesterone is actually uh, increases your metabolism, which heats up your body. And so your body temperature actually goes up because of that progesterone. And so once you ovulate, you, if you're taking your basal body temperature every single morning, um, again, you want to take it right when you wake up before you wake, before you get about out of bed, before you pee, before you do anything. Um, you, once you ovulate, you will notice a shift in your waking temperatures and it will be significantly higher than those during the follicular phase. And that's how, you know, that you have ovulated, you can confirm ovulation. And then if you're wanting to use this as a form of birth control, I would wait like two to five days, make sure that ovulation for sure happened. And then you can freely have unprotected sex at this point without the risk of getting pregnant. Okay. Awesome. That was like super duper clear. One other question, what other factors might influence someone's temperature? Cause obviously fever, like if someone's sick, but I'm thinking there's probably other things too. Yes, definitely. So if you drink alcohol the night before, that is a big one. I feel like that's probably one of the most common ones. Mm. Um, Also, if you get less than three hours of consecutive sleep. So again, this method is a little bit more difficult for breastfeeding moms or moms with kids who are waking up throughout the night a lot because you technically need um, three consecutive hours for that uh, temperature to be most accurate. Although again, it's Mm -hmm. still absolutely possible. Um, Maybe if you take your temperature at a super different time during the morning, ideally you want to take it around the same time. I just do it as immediately when I wake up and most people wake up around the same time every day, but If not, that can throw things off a little bit. Another really random one is if you use a heated blanket when you don't normally. Um, But even with that, all of these factors don't really compromise the effectiveness of the fertility awareness method because they're usually just like one or two here and there. And it, especially if you're tracking the other two fertility signs that we'll talk about, it does not compromise the accuracy of this method at all. Right. Yeah. So I actually, I have a question at the end of these three points that I didn't put in here, but anyways, I'll get to that when we get to that. Let's talk about cervical mucus. So how does cervical mucus change throughout the cycle and when do you recommend checking it? Okay. Cervical mucus to me is like the coolest thing. I don't know. (laughs) I think it's maybe because like, you're not really taught this and you like go to the bathroom when you start having your period and like, you know, you're around day 14 and you're like, what the heck is this weird stuff in my underwear? And you're like, is there something wrong with me? Like I've heard many women, like, do I have a vaginal infection or something? And it's like, no, this is actually a sign of like good positive health and fertility and ovulation. So to me, it's one of the coolest things. Another really cool thing about it is that cervical fluid changes with your hormones. So meaning you can identify and confirm ovulation as it's happening, like as you're about to ovulate versus with taking your temperature, you can only confirm it after Mm -hmm. it's already happened. So that's one really cool thing about cervical fluid. So let's talk about it. 
is cervical fluid or cervical mucus. They're used interchangeably. Uh, it's released and produced by the cervix. The cervix is located between your uterus and your vagina, and the consistency changes throughout the cycle. So right after your period, you usually probably won't have any cervical fluid. It's like dry and almost like nothing. Then as the days go on, it becomes more white and like thick and sticky. And then more days pass. This is just a typical example of a, a typical woman and how it flows through. Um, as more days pass, then the cervical fluid will become like more creamy and almost like lotion-like and like less thick. And then the glory, the cervical mucus we're all looking for is fertile cervical fluid, which is really thin. It's super clear. It's stretchy. I have lots of videos on my Instagram about it because I think it's so cool. And I think it's important for women to see like, oh, this is what it looks mm -hmm. like. Um, so it's slippery. It's stretchy. It kind of resembles raw egg whites. And so this consistently consistency shows you that ovulation is approaching, that you are within your fertile window and that ovulation is going to occur any day now. And it actually has a purpose. This type of uh, fluid helps to nourish and protect sperm, uh, increase its mobility. That's why it's really stretchy and slippery uh, so that it, be, it can be easier for you to become pregnant. Then after you ovulate, this type of cervical fluid will completely go away and you'll return to either like thick and sticky and or dry. And then, you know, you're no longer able to become pregnant. Mm -hmm. So interesting. So like to me, this is just showing again, because this is something I say all the time is your body doesn't do these things on accident. Exactly. It's not like, oh, it just happened to be there. Like my cervical no. just happens to be like that. No, there's a reason. And when you understand these reasons, then you can take control of your body and what mm -hmm. is happening. Um, is there a time that you recommend, like with the basal body temperature, first thing in the morning, like don't even stand up, like, <laughs> like first, first thing, is there a better time with the cervical mucus or should you do it like a couple times a day? Yeah. So I usually just recommend doing it every single time you go to the bathroom, like mm. multiple times throughout the day. Uh, sometimes it's just like so obvious, like you can see it in your underwear or you wipe and it's just like, oh, there it is. I know where I am at my um, phase. But if it's not so obvious, typically it's recommended to do it before you pee, which can be really hard. Sometimes you're like, I got to mm. freaking pee so bad, but you're like, I got to check my cervical fluid first. <laughs> <laughs> so you just take two fingers or some uh, toilet paper and just wipe your vulva and just identify what mm -hmm. type of cervical mucus you have for that day. Right. Right. Okay. Awesome. Now let's move on to cervical position. So how is the position of the cervix going to change throughout, like throughout the cycle? Yes. So this is probably the most tricky one and the one that I don't track super consistently like I track the other two. Um, but it is a third sign of fertility because your cervix actually shifts and changes depending where you are in your fertile window. So during your fertile days, your cervix actually becomes really like soft and squishy. Uh, it raises higher into your uterus. So it's much farther away. Um, there's a little hole in the middle of your cervix and that opens a little bit again, so that sperm can 
flow up it. And then it obviously becomes more wet with that cervical fluid. And again, this shift allows sperm to enter the uterus and the fallopian tubes um, for potential egg fertilization. Then, so that is only during your fertile window. So before your fertile days or after your fertile days, the cervix actually shifts and changes and becomes hard and much like more firm. It lowers back down into the vagina. The hole in the middle actually closes back up. So it's no longer open. And then again, it's dry, no longer containing cervical fluid. So learning this is kind of weird and strange at first, especially when it's like higher, you're like, where the heck is my cervix? How do I feel it? Um, so it's definitely weird at first, but as you check daily and gradually, you will gradually notice the changes happening. And in combination with basal body temperature and cervical fluid, it makes it much more clear on where you're at in your cycle. Awesome. So interesting. Okay. So here's my question. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I want to guess the answer to my question. Yeah. Pop quiz for me. Yes. I love it. So I'm wondering like which one of these is most important. Like what if someone was to only track one of them? I'm guessing cervical mucus is most important. Let's take a moment to hear about one of my favorite products. Perfect supplements. Now more than ever before, it's so important to get your supplements from a high quality and trusted source. Perfect Supplements searches the globe for the best place to source their ingredients from, and then each batch is put through a rigorous third-party lab testing to make sure their products are clean and safe. They have some of the best prices I've found, and what's even better is when you buy in bulk, you save even more. Buy three of anything, save 20%. Buy six of anything, save 25%. And even better, use the code Estelle, that's my name, E-S-T-E-L-L-E, at checkout for an additional 10% off that already massive savings. Okay, back to the episode. Um, because I mean, you just said like cervical, like you didn't, you're not as consistent with cervical position and basal body temperature. It sounds like it can be influenced so easily, but cervical mucus sounds like in time feedback to me. That's what it sounds like. Yes. I don't know if there's like logically one or like one that the experts say is like the best, but there is the Billings method, which uses cervical fluid and nothing else cervical Hmm. mucus and nothing else so that's actually what I do most of the time is I only track my cervical mucus and nothing else again because like we mentioned it happens in real time and to me it's just like so clear it's like okay I noticed this hardcore fertile cervical fluid Mm -hmm. and it's been here for around three days and then all of a sudden it's gone and like you can't identify it anymore you can totally confirm that ovulation has occurred and you're free to go so I would probably say that yes that to me is the it's the most interesting one and to me it's also the easiest one because sometimes with my basal body temperature I totally forget to take it and it's just like that's how it goes yeah. Yeah. And you have to like write it down. Too. Yes, exactly. You have to write I mean, it down. You can write down your cervical fluid too. Like there's apps to do that, which we'll talk about, but yeah, to me, it's just way more intuitive. Right. Yeah. It makes sense. Okay. So you said billings method. Is that like billing, yes. like your billing address? Like- yes, exactly. Okay, okay. I think it's like some guy and that was his last name. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. 
another question, because let's say someone wants to try this out. Um, it can be hard to learn it. Like I think you mentioned it takes like three to six months to like really yes. get it down. Um, yes. What are your thoughts on using ovulation strips in conjunction with these three markers, like while someone's learning? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely super helpful tool. They basically work by tracking your LH or luteinizing hormone because this hormone surges really high right before ovulation. So again, it is helpful in tracking before ovulation compared to basal body temperature that tracks it after it's already occurred. Um, so once you see that surge in hormones, you know, you'll ovulate likely within the next 12 to 36 hours. Um, that said, if you're really serious about not getting pregnant, I would definitely still use it in combination with at least tracking your cervical fluid, because if it's only tracking within those 36 hours, um, sperm can live in the vagina for up to five days. And so if you had unprotected sex on day 10, and then you ovulated on day, you know, you didn't see that surge until day 13, well, you could be a little bit risky. Um, so it's definitely helpful and super interesting. I have tried them and used them and I was like, what ovulation? This is so cool. Um, but also, I wanted to mention if your cycles are super irregular, it again is much more hard, it's much more difficult because you don't really know when you're going to ovulate because you don't want to just take it every single day. That could get really expensive really fast. Mm -hmm. So sure. typically you do it right before you're about to ovulate or right around then so that you can identify. Right. Totally makes sense. Okay. So let's say someone wants to do this method. How do you recommend they track these markers? Like, obviously we all know we could do a pen and paper. Is yes. that what you recommend? Or is there an app you recommend? Cause I know there's tons of like period tracking apps that I'm sure could yes. all be like pregnancy tracking apps. Like there's all yes. kinds of gadgets out there for this. Yes. Is there a singular way you recommend? So I, especially when starting out, I think pen to paper is really good because it's free. It's super cheap. You can just Google on the internet, like, um, fertility awareness tracker, and it'll give you a chart where you can chart your basal body temperature and write down your cervical mucus and whatnot. Um, I do like the app though. It's called read your body and it's the only period app that I know of. There could be more out there. I just don't know about them, uh, that doesn't track your data. So there's a lot of, uh, hype recently and like controversy about these period apps tracking your data and like, tracking if you're pregnant and whatnot and like workplaces getting a hold of that and taking advantage of you and whatnot. There's a lot mm. of things going on about that recently. So that's why I like this app because it doesn't, it doesn't track any of your data. Your data is for you and only you. Mm. So that is the one, again, it's called read your body. You do have to pay for it, but it's only $2 a month, or I think there's like a yearly subscription for $15 a year. And that's usually what I do. Yeah. And that's like way cheaper than the pill. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like we can pay $15 a month. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or $15 a, a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was, I think we were going to talk about this. I don't know. Um, but we are going to talk about this. You're going to ask me this right what now. What am I going to ask you? That's sweet. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, we kind of, I think if we're on the same page, yes. I think we already kind of 
kind of covered it, but I know like I use flow. It's just been like the one that I've always yes. used. It's just like super easy. I don't use all the markers. It's just like to track my period. Like, oh, that's yes, what my period easy. was. So I don't forget. Yeah. Um, and it'll, it'll, it'll always be like, you're ovulating. And I'm like, yes. am I? am I ovulating? How do you know? <laughs> Anyways, so these apps, they always try to predict when you'll yes. be ovulating. Why is that not, I shouldn't say not accurate. Why is that not always accurate? Why shouldn't someone rely on that? Yes. And this is why I was going to say you need to ask this question because read your body. That app that I mentioned does not try to predict ovulation at mm. all. It doesn't like tell you when. So again, that's another good reason why I like it. But the reason we, a period app will never be able to track or predict your ovulation is because you are a human being. Again, you are not an algorithm. You are not a robot. So the way that these period trackers work is they work through an algorithm um, that's usually based off a 28-day cycle or based off your previous cycle. So again, for some people, it can be super accurate. I got a comment on one of my posts is like, mine is super accurate and it tells me every day. I'm like, awesome. I'm so glad it works great for you. But again, we are human beings. Like your period app doesn't know if your week was super stressful. Um, if your cycle is normally regular or irregular, how long your follicular phase is going to be when your next period will come. If you have a certain medical condition, if you got sick that week, if you're like taking a new medication or something. So again, you are a human being, you're not an algorithm. So these apps will never be able to accurately predict the day when you'll ovulate, whereas you can by tracking all the three methods that we mentioned. Right. Right. Okay. Awesome. I just keep on thinking. You probably keep looking at my face. I'm just flashing back to something earlier today that was hilarious. And I'm just, you know, when you need to be focused and you can't be because you keep thinking of, <laughs> it's like the time you need to be focused. Anyways, so yes. I'm fine. I know. I'm fine. <laughs> It's totally fine. No, this <laughs> this conversation can be super interesting, but also like, wow, this is a lot of words and a lot of things. And like, I just, it's like two o'clock, it's time for a nap. No, this is, this is all great. It's all awesome. So we've just talked about a lot. You've given my listeners so much information. Do you have any other like final words or advice that you would give to someone wanting to start this method? I would say don't let it intimidate you. Again, like we just talked about, it can be so much information. And at first it's like, whoa, where do I start? This is super overwhelming. Like it seems so complicated. Why can't I just take a pill and go on with my day and whatnot? But for me, it's like, again, once you learn, it's kind of confusing. But as you start tracking and self analysis, it becomes like second nature. Like I barely even try and I just know where I am in my cycle. Like Today is day five of my cycle. And so it's just really intuitive once you get the basics down and you wonder why we were not taught this in sex ed class. We should all be taught mm -hmm. this. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is it is absolutely possible to teach yourself this method. I am not fam certified educator or whatnot. I totally taught myself this all on my own strictly from this book called Taking Charge of Your Fertility. If you really are interested in that book, you should definitely get it. It's 
thick and it has a lot of information, but it is super helpful and taught me everything I need to know. So again, it is absolutely possible to teach yourself this method, but that said, I know people don't have hours to read or learn or research. So if you really are serious about this and you want to get into it, I definitely recommend hiring a fam coach or someone who does this in their practice. Right. Awesome. Okay. So what ways do you offer people to start working with you? So I mostly work with women who struggle with hormone imbalances, specifically poor thyroid, uh, high stress hormones, estrogen dominance, progesterone deficiencies. So the best way to work with me is through my online course. Like we mentioned at the beginning, restore your hormones. Again, best way to work with me. That said, I am thinking about opening up my practice to one-on-one clients, hopefully within the next month or two. So definitely stay tuned for that. Awesome. And where can people find you? I mean, I'm going to put your Instagram below, but like any other um, socials, website, that kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, If you won't, have a burning question you want to ask me, definitely send me an email. That's the best way to reach me. My email is bella at nourishwithbella.com. You can also find my course and my blog, which we're going to link that blog to this podcast as well. My website is nourishwithbella.com. You can also listen. I have my own podcast with my co-host Madison. It's called the Nourish Babes podcast. We're on Apple and Spotify talk about a lot of things nutrition related, which is really fun. We're actually working on season three in a few weeks. So I'm excited for that to come out. And of course you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is nourished with Bella. Awesome. Well, that's everything folks. I'm going to put this kind of stuff in the show notes, like the Billings method, read your body, um, that book, taking charge of your fertility and the nourished babes podcast. So you can support them too. And thank you just so much for tuning into this episode. Be sure to follow Bella and don't forget that if you want to win a free call with me, you can leave a review on this episode or this podcast, send a screenshot of it to me at Estelle C fitness, um, on Instagram, and you'll be entered to win next month. I'm so glad you were able to catch this episode of Fitness Beyond Aesthetics. I hope that it helped bring more clarity to your life within the health and fitness world, and that in turn empowers you to keep moving forward. I don't believe we will ever have the answers to everything, but we can continue to learn and keep an open mind. If there's a topic you'd like to learn more about, please email me using the link in the show notes. If you'd like to explore different ways to work together, check out my website at estellecfitness.com. That's Estelle, my name, the letter C for my middle name, and the word fitness.com. If you want to get to know me better, I highly suggest following me on Instagram at Estelle C Fitness. I'd love it if you sent me a DM to connect, or if you just want to stalk me on there, that's fine too. Until next time, friend, have a lovely day.